I'm David Farrier, a Kiwi who ended up accidentally marooned in America, and I want to grasp what makes this country tick. Now, one good thing about being in America is that you never forget that you're in America. Just look out the window, and there they'll be. Flags proudly flapping in the wind, signposts to remind you of your current location on the planet. Tomorrow's Flag Day, a holiday originated by a school teacher in Wisconsin more than 130 years ago. The idea was to celebrate the official adoption of the Stars and Stripes. While there's an official Flag Day, June 14th, I don't really understand why you need it because every day is Flag Day in the United States. Not a day goes by where I don't see a flag on a pole, the back of a truck, or proudly planted in someone's lawn. Americans love it. They sing to it. They admire it. And they put one on the moon. They love buying it as well. According to the Flag Manufacturers Association of America, around 150 million American flags are sold every year. I want to know why the flag is so popular here. A flag that's changed a lot over the last 246 years. So, roll up those sleeves and get ready to hoist like your life depends on it. This is the Flag Episode. Flagless. Flagless. Flagless bird touchdown in America. I'm a flagless bird touchdown in America. David. Hello. What does the New Zealand flag look like? It looks a lot like the British flag, and it looks a lot like the Australian flag. It's mostly blue. Got a couple of stars on there. Hmm. How many? What do they represent? I look. This is embarrassing. But <laughs> I already. <laughs> I'm can mortified tell. already. Mm-hmm. Can you see the panic in my eyes? Yeah, because it obviously means nothing to you. To be honest, it doesn't mean a lot to me. I get into this in this episode a bit, but we had this big push a few years ago to change our flag. Like an Instagram bracket? Pretty much. Oh my. That cost millions and millions of dollars and everyone got a say on whether we would redesign our flag. Um, There were designs put forward. It got incredibly out of control. And in the end, nothing changed. (laughs) That would never happen here. We are so attached. It means so much to us. The idea of changing it is like sacrilegious. I mean, you said 150 million flags have been bought. There's only 300 million Americans. What we could really deduce from this is that every two years, an American buys another flag. Totally. It's kind of wild, right? Have you ever bought any kind of American flag, like a little toy one or a flag on a shirt or a key ring? Who's buying this flag? I do wonder that. Do you think it's a lot of tourists? I think there's definitely a lot of tourists buying it. Because I remember when I first got here, I went down the Walk of Fame. Mm -hmm. And every tourist store, there were American flag everything. So people are like, I've been to America. I'll take the flag They want a piece of it. But see, that's so funny. Because if I go to another country, that's never the souvenir I'm buying. You don't rush out for the flag. It represents a lot to a lot of people. It's funny, like the New Zealand flag, I don't really know much at all, which is deeply embarrassing. And yet here I am trying to learn about why Americans are obsessed with that flag. Yeah. I do think it's because we have embraced it so much. If a flag hits Mm. the ground, is that bad luck in New Zealand? I mean, people care about it, but you don't go around and see New Zealanders flying flags on poles at their house. That just doesn't happen. So being here and just seeing how much it's in every part of culture, and I just find that kind of wild. I went and talked to a bunch of people on a walk about this to see what they thought, Mm -hmm. and opinions range from we love the flag to we're not so hot on it. 
I think I was maybe one of the last generations to grow up saluting the flag for school. I had the hand over the heart and did like the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag as an elementary school child in the 60s. It's just pride on the country. Everyone likes to see the flag. We grew up saluting the Pledge of Allegiance every day in school, and you knew about what the red stripes meant and the white stripes meant and the blue field and the white stars, and there's a star for every state. And Fourth of July probably helps a lot, too, with the marketing aspect of it. So, What's yeah. the Fourth of July that you let fireworks off and yeah, stuff? Is that the one? fireworks off, like grill some hot dogs, do some sort of water activity. It's fun. Drink some American beer. Post 9-11, you really saw the influx of American flags and... America, I say. <laughs> proving you're standing behind your country. You're proving your patriotism. Most of the flag flying is done by uh, people to the right of center. In New Zealand, we don't fly the flag nearly as prominently as you do here in America. I see it everywhere. And I'm wondering, like, how it makes you feel when you see an American flag? It's trash. It's absolute trash. It's the new bullying technique, so that's why you see it even more often. You've never seen so many flags flown ever before. It's some bullshit. Why do you guys love your flag as much as you do? Because um, we idolize ourselves. <laughs> I used to really think our flag was beautiful. Now I see it, and I if I see it in just regular every day, you know, it feels fine, normal. But if I see it on someone's car, if I see it on a huge flagpole behind somebody's motorcycle or massive truck or a whole bunch of them all in somebody's yard, it doesn't feel like they're being patriotic. It feels like they're trying to be like, these are my beliefs, and I want you to know it. I find it interesting bringing up the Pledge of Allegiance. Is that not a thing anymore? Well, I was curious about this, and in the documentary I get into this as well, because yeah. I feel like no one our age knows. <laughs> like They don't know whether it's happening, like what's happening in school. Oh, we'll have to ask kids, because I definitely was still doing it. What did that look like at school? Was it at the beginning of your uh -huh. day? It was at the beginning. The bell would ring. And everyone had to be in their seats, mm -hmm. and then announcements would start. It would sound over what, the just speaker. Even back up. What are announcements would start? Oh what my does that mean? God, you guys, <laughs> you don't know anything. Is this like in school. sitcoms? I've seen we have like a loudspeaker, and there's some, like a newsreader or something, exactly. like a student reading out notices. Well, or is it the principal? Depends. Depends on the school, and depends your age. It used okay. to be. The principal or the administrative assistant, mm. someone official would come on. They'd say like, don't throw hot dogs in the cafeteria or everyone will be suspended. Put your March Madness bracket in the front desk. I love folder. it. Just like housekeeping. Exactly. Housekeeping. And then all rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh -huh. Then literally everyone stands up. Mm -hmm hand over your heart mm -hmm. and you recite let's see if i can remember it now i'm scared i'm on the spot i pledge of allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god with liberty and justice for all i'm skipping something wow, and you do Indivisible. that all in unison together Indivisible. everyone in the whole school Wow. And is, every, is anyone in there like, I don't feel like doing it today? Like, what if you no, don't do it? you don't. Detention. Or you just have to do it. <laughs> I mean, when it's... I was in school, nobody was like being an anarchist. Being naughty. Everyone just does it and gets on Everyone with the day. just does it. It's literally a ritual. I don't think anyone thought twice about why we're doing it. What does it mean? Mm. And it stops when you leave elementary. No. Oh, we didn't do it in junior high or high school. I did. I did uh, it all through. High school? Yeah. When you're pledging allegiance, you're looking at a flag that's on the wall? Yes. Or something? Yeah. The, all, all the classrooms have a flag. 
Wow, I forgot that until you just asked that. Yes, every classroom has that a flag. That goes towards all those flags sold, probably it just does. in classrooms. All you the know. schools. Huh. Yeah, you face the flag and you put your hand over it. And then hand. you finish that and it's like, okay, school day starts. Yeah. Here's some maths. That's right. <laughs> Back to the announcements. This is my favorite announcement I ever heard in my life. To hear this principal try to tiptoe around this. So the announcement was like, this needs to be addressed in the, we had centrums. So there's like three different centrums with all these classes around in the whatever centrum, in the boys' bathroom, somebody has been putting their excrement on the walls. And oh. we like the way, <laughs> the long and the short of it was someone had been smearing their poop on the walls Ew. of the boys' bathroom so repeatedly that it required an announcement to address it. And it was like taking us 10-year-olds a minute to figure out what the fuck she was talking about. And then when it occurred to us, oh my gosh, you say someone's pooping on the wall. Then the, all you heard through the whole oh. center was just oh, uncontrollable laughing yeah, at the got it. And I always wonder, like, who that little boy? Aww. I don't know if he was panicked, like, oh shit, I'm busted, or mm. like, I'm a god on earth. This whole place is laughing. Michigan boys, he yeah, loved it. He probably high five. Was some it you? Bro. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to like gently say what had happened right was, she was trying and trying and trying and then she just had to eventually say like excrement or whatever and then there was a feces? beat and then one yeah feces. one person got it and then everyone got it it was incredible this is a ding 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 mm. sad ding 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 oh when i was in high school announcements were over video so everyone had a tv in the room the broadcast mm. team did it and it was during our announcements i believe that the first plane flew into the oh my goodness september 11th everyone was kind of panicking on mm. the announcements they're like everyone turn on the channel to abc something's happening and then we, mm. it was crazy far out yeah. that's where you were yeah english class wow. callie was there she's still there she's still alive i love that part of school where the substitute teacher would come in and they'd just roll out the TV on wheels yes. and just put on a movie or a documentary or something. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah. You know, I had kind of a sexual fantasy. Just like felt tingly over transparencies. <laughs> oh, okay. We've got to come into this. Do you remember when this first happened? Like what was Elementary on the transparency? School. I had this too. You what? did? Well, it was particularly the way the wax pen would write on the transparency. Yeah. That auditory clue. What? Oh, so it's like an ASMR thing For almost. me and the texture of wax sliding. Uh, what was mine wasn't thing? wax. Ours was like a dry erase. Uh. But it's just like the transparent, like putting it on and off of the projector and it being clear Yeah, there like is that, that sound that when it sort of flops down on that glass surface. And the lighting of it all and the writing and then you could smooth out. I just loved it. Yeah. Does it, still, does it still give you tingles <laughs> when you think about it now? Kind of. Wow, <laughs> you should work with that. Um, I, <laughs> I endeavored to learn more about the American flag. This is what I learned. I think the first time I really clocked how important the flag is in America is when I found myself in an MMA match in Muskegon, Michigan. The national anthem started and the whole crowd suddenly turned to face me. It gave me a huge fright as I already felt like an outsider. Now everyone was staring at me. I felt like they'd caught me and were going to beat me up. Then I realized that behind me, up on the wall in the far left, was an American flag. And the American flag is what you sing your national anthem at. 
what's the word? Vexology. Yeah, vexillology is the study of flags. I'm talking to Roman Mars, who knows a heck of a lot more about the American flag than I do. He makes a radio show I love called 99% Invisible. It's about graphic design and how we interact with it in our day-to-day lives. And about seven years ago, Roman did this really amazing TED talk about flag design. And then I show up the first night and like, Somebody like who's like a former prime minister of a country gives a talk about normalizing <laughs> trade relations. And you're like, I'm going to do my fucking flag talk, my dumb little flag talk in two days. And they're going to think it's ridiculous. And it ended up working because what I did was I set up in the talk was like, you don't think you care about flags, but I'm going to convince you in the next 17 minutes that you actually do. I am deeply aware that TED Talks aren't what they used to be, but his one is great. He chose to do a deep dive into the flags of different American cities, the ones that soared, and the flags that flailed limply in the wind. In my sort of theory I was putting out into the world was that I think that there's richness in city flags. Most cities over 50,000 people have flags. You mainly don't see them because they're not really considered. They're poorly designed. They're kind of ugly. And if people were into their civic pride and into doing something, then maybe redesigning your flag was a way to get there. He opened up the world of vexillology. It's a very hard word to say. And he opened up all the strange terms that come with it. Words like vexilloid, fanion, burgy, banderole and fimbriation, which sounds like some part of the human anatomy you don't want to know about. Roman is really good at breaking down what makes flags good and terrible flags terrible. If you're in Chicago for any length of time, you notice this flag that you've never seen anywhere else, and it is the flag of the city of Chicago. And it is quite lovely. It's a white field, it has two horizontal blue stripes, and it has four six-pointed red stars across the center. I was like, what is this flag about? I had no idea. Why is it everywhere? It's like on municipal buildings. It's on cops' uniforms. It's on tattoos of, you know, punks, you know, delivering (laughs) papers to other offices. It's everywhere. And I lived in San Francisco for a long time. I lived in big cities and I'd never seen a city flag before. You see, like, why are people embracing this in such high volumes from every different background? That was my question. Why is this city flag really matter here? And it doesn't seem to matter anywhere else. That question led Roman on a quest to look at flags all over the United States, looking at them from a design perspective. Flag design should be so simple you can draw it down on a shrunken one and a half inch rectangle. It should be able to fit and look good when it's shrunken right down. A kid should be able to draw a flag easily from memory. While diving into the world of American flags, Roman has spent a lot of time around people who study vexillology. Vexolo- Vex... Vexillology. And he breaks them down into two main camps. They're really kind of like the Civil War reenactor type. They're really into history. They really like, how do you fold a flag? What does this flag mean? Where was it flown? What individual flag was flown at a certain battle? Or something like that. And then there's the vexillonaire sort of style, which is kind of like a person who like wants flags to be beautiful and thinks that they could be redesigned and made better and be more effective and has stronger opinions about which flags should cease to exist <laughs> and that history isn't neutral. And those are the more designy types and those are the people that I tend to gravitate towards. He actually made me kind of curious about the first group, the big old nerds who are into the history of it all. So I found one at the University of Hawaii and decided to pick his brain for a bit. I have maybe close to two file boxes full of 3x5 flags and another collection of smaller flags. 
Tori Lytilla adores flags. He's all across the history of them. But to be honest, what I was curious about was the code of conduct for flags. Because in New Zealand, we don't have a code for our flags. Anything goes. Well, mostly. But Americans take it a bit more seriously. So there's a 16-page booklet of rules. In the United States, there is a flag code. And there's actually protocols and customs and courtesies related to that flag. And not every country has that. If you fly a flag on a flagpole under regular condition, you might have to change it every six months to a year. And so you have to take the old flag down, dispose of it properly, and then put a new one up because you don't want to have a faded or tattered flag flying on your flagpole. That's actually in the flag code. Then it's also how a flag is displayed and used. It shouldn't be used for advertising. It's not to be used as clothing. It is a national symbol. When it's flown in a row, where does it stand? You can actually hem it. There's actually guidelines about if the end is frayed, you can re-hem it up to a certain point before it's too short, and then you have to replace it. There is so much in the flag code. Like when you hoist it, you have to do it quickly, as quickly as possible. But when you lower it, you've got to lower it really slowly. There are rules about flying the flag at half-staff. A lot of rules about that one, which makes sense because it's associated with tragedy and loss. With all these rules in mind, I was curious if you could actually get into trouble for messing with the American flag, for breaking the rules. So the flag code does have laws. It is a federal law, but because there are no civil penalties, it's not always followed. So you could do something wrong and then there's no penalty for it. So the flag code actually states for organizations and institutions like the schools to fly the flag from sunup to sunset. Now, I know some agencies only fly it on weekdays because that's when they're open. They don't fly it on the weekends. Well, there's nothing to punish them for not flying it on the weekend, so they don't. Of course, there used to be state laws against burning the flag, laws that were enforced in 48 states. That'll change back in 1984, when a protester called Gregory Lee Johnson burnt an American flag outside the Republican National Convention. He was charged with desecration of a venerated object, fined and sentenced to a year in prison. He appealed, and eventually the Supreme Court ruled that the First Amendment protected flag burning. So in Texas versus Johnson, Gregory Lee Johnson won. Legendary First Amendment attorney Floyd Abrams remembers the case well. The Texas versus Johnson case was a particularly significant one in the history of the First Amendment. And the reason for that is that the speech is so repugnant, so offensive to so many people. The speech is burning an American flag. What the court said in the case is, look, bad as it is, unattractive as it is, wounding as it is, that's protected speech. And one of the reasons I think the case is so remembered is the emotional quality of the dissenting opinions of the jurists who thought that that certainly could and probably should be a crime. And the Supreme Court says, we get it, we really understand, but it is a form of expression. It's a way to announce how angry you are at what you think are the errors of the government. And the majority of the court, I would say rather bravely, came forward and said, however much this offends, however much this hurts, it's still allowed and it's still protected in a country with a First Amendment. In short, it was a big deal because, as Roman Mars points out, the flag 
is a big deal. What does the American flag invoke in you at the moment when you see a big American flag flying? It's kind of changed over time. I mean, the one reason why I think that the U.S. flag is flown so much is that so much of the American mythology is about ideas and the Constitution and there is no one American and we all are only here together in this place and the flag could represent that well because it is more of an idea than a country. No one's from here unless you're Native American. But over time, you see flags used in protest and modified in protest that the bigger and more obnoxious and the number of U.S. flags are beginning to invoke in me a kind of like patriotic bludgeon rather than just a pride in a place. I was curious what you thought of that as an American because I kind of get cautious when I see a lot of flags out there or if I'm in a state that I don't know about and suddenly a lot of American flags, it triggers a certain kind of response. And that seems more recent, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not. I would say it is more recent. I've definitely felt it more recently. When I see a house with more than one <laughs> American flag on it, I begin to like, oh, okay, so what is, what's their deal? Maybe it's fine. Maybe they are the type of patriot that I think is critical and patriotic at the same time. And maybe they're the type of patriot that is uncritical and patriotic. And I would say that the number of flags makes me think that their ability to criticize America decreases. It's an inverse proportion. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, though. It is. It's the number of flags. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. I was thinking size, but like the sheer volume of them is the key, I think, to knowing. I was the flag boy in fifth grade. Oh, which you was, just dropped this now? Well, because I wasn't talking, but now I'm fucked well, up. Then you talk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here we are. I came back and you were fully in the... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was what like, yes, exactly. I was pontificating by the time die. you walked back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at Spring Mills Elementary in fifth grade, I was asked to do flag duty, okay. which was awesome because you were out of the classroom in the morning and you went and got the flag from the principal's office and then we put it up and at the end of the day, I'd get out a little bit early. It was a very uh, specific way to fold it, which mm-hmm. I knew you go on a third mm-hmm. and then you do these triangles and then it folds perfectly uh-huh. and tucks in. That was very OCD rewarding that you'd get a perfect tuck and it'd be this perfect triangle. I didn't feel any patriotism when mm-hmm. I did it. I guess I felt special. I'm, I was the only, me and my buddy were the only two in charge you're, of that. I felt a responsibility. Yeah. Why yeah. did you get to do it? Were you strongest? I had this beautiful teacher. I've talked about him on here before. He saved my life, Mr. Wood. Oh, and yeah. He's the one who discovered I was good at math, which is what made me feel like I could maybe learn to read and blah, blah, blah. But I think he was on this mission to include me and make build my self-esteem. So I think he's like, I'm going to give him flag duty. That'll, oh, he'll, yeah. God, That's really nice. Him. Fucking beautiful. I don't, obviously I was completely unaware of that at the time. I just thought, to your point, maybe because I was tall or something. Yeah. <laughs> or I was kind of a responsible guy. I don't know. Yeah. But you'd hoist it quickly? You did the quick hoist? Yeah, did you learn about the, the methods? Um, I don't remember the speed at which we would put it, but I'll tell you what I would do because I lived in the neighborhood next to Spring Mills is we would go up there on the weekends when there was no flag. We'd untie the thing and you could sit on it and you'd run <laughs> and you could fucking go out in the air and you would swing like 60, 70 feet at a yeah, time. And I even bad. did it in the nation's capital with Aaron Weekly. We were walking down the street and there was this enormous flagpole in front of like the Smithsonian. There was a flag on it, but I don't think that's disrespectful. And dude, 
we got on this motherfucker and it was up on steps. <laughs> and when we went out, we were going out over cars. I know this seems impossible. I'm not understanding it really. So, that, so, <laughs> so there's what? a building, there's like 10 steps up. And then on the big cement landing of the building where you'd walk into the doors, there's enormous flagpole. Yeah. You unravel the thing, you sit in it, and then you run on the steps and then run off the steps. And then you're sitting in the rope. Oh my God. And then no. you were so high up and it was such a tall flagpole that the arc of it would take you out over the street over oh. cars we made a ride and we took about six seven spins on it a pop people were yelling at us but there's none of them were police and then we got out of there and there was no issue that was one of the most fun little impromptu rides i've ever been on and if i was ever back there i would do it again that is an incredible visual image it's definitely not in the flag code and i <laughs> no. kind of love it but don't do that at home. Don't do that. Imagine if the rope would have broke and then the that's flag fell down. Yeah, oh, that's oh. horrible love. Yeah, yeah, it lands on you, yeah. lands on some traffic. That wasn't the case in this oh situation. We were in 12th grade oh my and it all worked out. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Flight the Spirit. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Support for Flightless Bird is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. So join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BIRD at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls, give or take. Some men only have one ball. Some might have three. Who knows? Look, I've only ever had nightmares back in New Zealand with any kind of grooming, and my friend tried it before his wedding and made a real mess of things. They're divorced now. These disasters simply don't happen with Manscaped. It's the opposite. Confidence restored. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code BIRD. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIRD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BIRD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Happy trimming. So... Back to Roman Mars, we started talking about the design of the American flag, the flag you'd entertain yourself with, Dax. Now, I know Roman has strong ideas about which city flags he dislikes. San Francisco is a horrible flag. You'd never fly it. It comes down to that. And the flags he loves, like Chicago's. But what about the American flag, that clutter of 50 stars and all those stripes? To me, it looks pretty good. It's all right. It's simple colors. What's your take? Yeah, it does the job. I mean, like most things in design, you can have some rules as to how things are supposed to be done and how they can be made more effective. But the real test of whether or not it's a good design is if people embrace it and love it. And that one, unequivocally, it's like super successful. I mean, it's been to the moon. That's incredible. Yeah. And so I think that there are these good things like 13 stripes and 13 colonies that give you some idea of where the history lies with it. And then the, the blue canton has the stars that change based on the number of states. I think personally, like 50 stars is too much to take in as meaning. So if there's 51, you wouldn't know if there was 48. Like people fly a 48 star flag pretty often without really noticing it. This was a surprise to me that there are versions of the American flag. Since 1776, there have been 27 different versions, mainly editions of stars as states were added. I guess that's a good thing if they're going to have to add more states at some point, if you're not going to notice it. 
kind of great for the designers. They can just like slap some on and no one notices. <laughs> That's right. But it's one of those things that when people talk about adding a state and are cautious about it, they often invoke the flag as, well, we can't change the flag. And we have to think of all the things on the flags we'd have to deprecate and then burn and then start new ones and stuff like that. Is there ever a chance that the country's flag would change? Is that even a possibility? Not this country. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. I mean, New Zealand went through this. New Zealand did go through that, a referendum, a big old voting process to change our flag. It's D-Day for the flag. The Prime Minister John Key says he's confident we'll know later tonight if New Zealand's want a new flag. Well, it's absolutely going to happen. We will know later tonight. The second referendum where voters must choose between the current flag and the alternative blue and black Carl Lockwood design with the silver fern. It was a truly chaotic process. Public submissions giving us designs that depicted our flightless kiwi bird shooting laser beams out of its eyes. Laser kiwi, they called it. John Oliver mocked it at some point. There were so many terrible designs, a lot of joke designs, but there were also a number of really good ones made up by graphic designers. Of course, after millions were spent on the whole process, New Zealand just chose to keep the flag exactly the same. It cost the taxpayer $16 million for nothing. If you were to say to me as a New Zealander, why do I have no history of caring about the flag and I've noticed in America that people do. I would say it's because you have a flag that's almost exactly the same as your neighboring country. (laughs) So why would you give a shit? I mean, he's right. Our flag is pretty much the same as Australia's flag. We designed our flag first, too. Then Australia came along, slapped a couple of extra stars on, and Bob's your uncle. That's a punk-ass move of theirs to (laughs) take yours. (laughs) But anyway. Roman looks to New Zealand as perhaps a bit of a cautionary tale a warning at how difficult it can be to change a flag. What ends up happening when you change flags and why, even though I'm happy that the TED Talk inspired a lot of flag changes, I never get involved in any of these (laughs) fights. No, it's chaos. The town meetings are (laughs) chaos. It's because I just want them to think about their flag and love their flag. And if the end of that process is, you know what? We love this old flag that we have, and maybe it's not perfect, and maybe it's a little janky and ugly, but now I'm going to fly it. That's a perfectly good end result of the process of thinking about it, as far as I'm concerned. In all this talk of flags, I was curious how the main American flag stacked up against other flags of states or cities. Is it one or the other? Or does the American flag always win out? I do find it unique in America. Obviously, New Zealand is a lot smaller But here, you know, you've got a lot of different states and they all do have their flag. What is the importance to an American of their state flag or their town flag, their city flag versus the American flag? I would say that the importance of a state flag and city flag is pretty minimal. Like really, the American flag just dominates all of it, except for in those weird moments like Chicago, where they have a good enough flag and a good enough like, like Chicago, I lived there for a while. It has a chip on a shoulder about everything and so like when it does something good and it is part of something and it and it is it's an amazing place it shouldn't have a chip on a shoulder everyone thinks it's great <laughs> but there's a way that that kind of pride it just comes out in the flag like dc's flag is used really well like and used very often portland's flag is used well and often it's sort of hit or miss when it works what's california's is it like a big bear or something yeah it's a big bear and it's one of those ones that Normally, I'm against the idea of having words on a flag because you should come up with symbolism that doesn't require words. The California flag says California Republic on it. And 
for something about huh. using that, it sort of captures us in a way <laughs> of being a country inside of a country that I think is really meaningful. But the main reason you don't have words on a flag is the flag is supposed to be used both directions. So you, you can't read it backwards. Thinking of backwards flags reminded me of something else. I've noticed people flying flags, including stars and stripes, upside down at protests. I do find it fascinating. Typically, an upside down flag is a sign of distress. So it means that something's wrong. Come get us or something like that. So it does not surprise me that an upside down flag from a protest point of view is like America is broken, however you interpret that. And we're part of the resistance. We're going to fix it, whatever it is. And so I think that's good imagery. I think it's a good use of a flag. It conveys something. You notice something is uncanny and weird and unsettling. Yeah, something's off somehow. So in a way, it does its job as a flag. I have to admit that I find the thin blue line flag, which is a modification of the United States flag. So it's like a United States flag with all the color drained out of it. It's black and white, except for one of the stripes is made blue. I find that image chilling. The thin blue line is the idea that the police are the line which keeps society from descending into chaos. The thing is, any changes to the image of the flag means so much, because the flag means so much. And Roman leaves me with something I hadn't really thought about before. He tells me the main thing that's kind of special about the American flag is that it's free from what burdens so much of America. Advertising and corporate sponsorship. Basically, the American flag hasn't sold out. And in 2022, that's kind of special. One of the things I like about them is there's very few things that aren't branded or owned. And a flag is a thing that you can use and it's yours. And it can represent both establishment and the anti-establishment if used right. I like that there are still symbols that have that potential. So many things that I learned in that that I just had no idea about and I felt like a complete dummy. I didn't know a lot of that either. That was fascinating. I think part of our obsession with the flag potentially has to do with our lack of history. We don't have a Parthenon or we don't have a cathedral that's been there for centuries, you know, that we could point to as our history. We don't have that. So we have this flag that represents us and has represented us for so long We don't have very much else to point to. And I don't mean that in an insulting way to us. It's like, what else do we have to be nostalgic for? Yeah, totally. And I guess there's people from so many different places on the planet that if you're an American, it's like a shared thing you can latch on to. Exactly. I was also thinking about the California flag because it's a form of identity. It doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be. It's just a representation of the country. But when people have 40 flags in their yard, it means something about them. They are saying, this is me. I'm a patriot. Maybe they were in the military. But they're saying something. People who embrace the California flag often are doing the same thing. They're saying, I'm a liberal. (laughs) I'm a West Coast Californian. Yeah. And I mean, I have to be when I see that flag, I'm like, yes, like I love it. I love the California flag. I Mm. want a sweatshirt with it. I like walking around and saying this is me, Mm. but I would feel uncomfortable probably walking around with a sweatshirt that was just an American flag. I feel like maybe I would get misunderstood, which is not really right. Because I love this country so much. I think it is more of a recent change, that thing where you're just literally wearing a flag or having a lot of flags suddenly makes you like 
a patriot yeah. as opposed to just, I really like this country. Happy to live here. You just stumbled into something. This is the most multi-ethnic country ever assembled. <clears throat> yeah. And when you had all these people living in boroughs and you had Irish people next to Polacks, next to Italians, the one thing they could all put in front of their house that would neutralize it was that flag. Yeah, it's like signaling. It's signaling. Don't forget, I'm an American. Forget me being Italian or Irish or this <clears throat> or that. I'm pledging, I'm displaying, I'm an American. You could so easily think your neighbors were foreign. You could make them other. And I don't think there's ever been a country that needed so badly a symbol of us. Unity, yeah. Because everyone's so different. Exactly. But I think we've circled back. Yeah, totally. It's not that it's anymore. It's not that it's like anymore. It was needed then. But what it means now is that it's signaling to other people, if you've got the fact that, no, I think, yeah, I I'm am a, a real yeah, American. I'm, I'm a real the American. real American. It's kind of the opposite of what it was intended to And I don't do. know like when it will swing back from that, because Roman said the flag's obviously never going to change here. So is there ever going to be a point where we all feel happy with a big flag on our lawn? And that just means yeah. I like living here. Well, we're all so polarized right now. It's so extreme. Maybe eventually it will come back. The pendulum will swing a little bit back towards the middle. But right now, nice. everyone looks at that flag and thinks something different. Yeah, completely. Maybe it's a matter of having your state flag and the American flag out on your lawn or something, or like doing both of them. I don't know. I can tell you during the first Iraq invasion, Desert Storm, mm. we have a huge Arab population in Michigan, in Dearborn, and a few other areas. And this is unfortunate, but it is true. Immediately flew a flag mm -hmm. to let them know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm Iraqi, but I'm not with them. It was a way for them to say, I'm not an outsider, I'm one yeah. of you. And so it's unfortunate that they would have to defend themselves from people who would think that. But also there's something really kind of beautiful about that, too. Make no mistake, I'm an American. Yeah, for me, it feels sad that you have to prove to everyone else, like, I'm like you. I'm an American. Don't worry. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to do that thing. Yeah, but yeah, 9-11, yeah. there was a lot of that going on, proving that you're mm -hmm. an American. Mm -hmm. Well, we put Japanese in internment camps during World War II out of the fear that they were still loyal to Japan. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's a deep history of that fear. Because we are a country of immigrants. It's, I don't excuse any of it. It's a bummer across the board. And also, it's a very unique situation that has created kind of a unique outcome. When I studied abroad, everyone told us to put a Canadian flag on our backpack <laughs> <laughs> so that no one would think we were American because everyone hated Americans. Right. And then, of course, I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm an American and I like it. Yeah, that's like so insulting. That's like me pretending to be Australian. In the simplest terms, it's our brand. And like any other brand, mm -hmm. the symbol evolves as the company evolves and it's standing in the world and it's standing in the marketplace. There is a point where the Mercedes symbol was inextricably linked to Nazism, where Volkswagen was a car created yeah, by Nazis. Which is wild to think about now. Yeah, and so that symbol, it's so malleable and it can mean a million different things over a million different periods. And that fucking flag when it showed up, on the beaches of Normandy, Europe was like, fucking A, the stars and stripes are here. That's when the brand was awesome. Yeah, at its maximum. It yeah. still has moments like that where it's flown and you feel like, ah, oh, we're one. If the Ukrainians right now, they see a big convoy of fucking vehicles coming at them and there's American flags flying, they're stoked. 
Yeah, you mean internationally. I mean even But I agree with you. There's so many periods where like I had the same thing in in backpacking through Europe, which was like put a Roots sticker on your backpack. That's just a Canadian company. Yeah. Yeah, so it's had all these downsides. And then also it's been times where people are like, oh God, the good guys are here. So it's really complicated. It's not one thing or another. Every Michael Bay film ever made has that slow motion American flag rippling with the swelling music. And that's the ultimate version of the American flag, right? It's like, this is the heroic moment. Everything is going to be okay now. I love the 4th of July. I really do. It does mean something to me. I do remember on that day that just by a series of happenstance that I live here. Yeah. And I could so easily have not. And I'm so proud and I'm so grateful that my family made the decision to come here. It's special to live here and it's good to be reminded so what do you do on that day to celebrate is it like fireworks water sports beer flags pretty much family cookout shared meals that sounds so nice it's kind of like a thanksgiving that's specifically about being thankful that you're from here it's a nice thing to be reminded of right yeah there's jingoism there's like toxic patriotism which is like we're the greatest people to ever live and we're better than everyone, superior, and we know best, and our will should determine the course of the world, all that mm. stuff. But the heart of it, it, this is a place people escaped religious persecution. This is a place that people have escaped from totalitarian regimes. This is a place of people that came to have a better life. There's very few places that represent that in the way that this place does. So it is a beautiful, beautiful fucking experiment. Mm. And it's got warts, and it's got an ego, And it's complicated like a person. But our constitution rocks. Our democracy rocks. There's a ton to be proud of. of. Opportunity. I mean, it really Especially for us liberals are so critical 364 days a year. It's actually nice to sit down and go like, with all that said, Mm -hmm. this place fucking rocks. But I think part of being a good American is being able to criticize it and have gratitude. Both things should be happening. Well, let's be very specific. The cornerstone of liberalism is progressivism, which innately means we want change. Yeah, exactly. We want to make it better. Conservatism is the opposite, which is we must conserve this wonderful way. So yes, conservatives are less critical because they are trying to conserve something they think is great. And progressives are innately trying to progress to something better. So I do think us liberals are more actively and outspokenly calling for a different America than conservatives are. So I, th- I do think yeah. for us liberals, 4th of July is a great reminder. Mm. Do you think more liberals need to start popping the American flag on their electric car <laughs> and going, hey, I like this thing? Will that balance things out? Yes, because if you don't like the people that are representing this thing you love, then you should represent it. So, yes, I don't think we need more American flags. <laughs> we need to up that number of 130 million. But if it's going to be used by people, then you should represent it as well. I'm happy to take back the flag. From- That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is you kind of got to take it back. Mm. It's kind of like birds aren't real. It's like you got to out absurd the absurd. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm going to get you guys an American flag stickers for Christmas. You put them on your cars. <laughs> Do you know much about the whole Confederate flag situation? Because that pops up here occasionally, but it's awful and used to be a thing and is hopefully not now. Yeah, I didn't know if that was going to come up on this episode, but it's definitely worth touching on because it's a huge representation mm. in this country of what some people in the South would say is a, quote, way of life. 
Right. And what we know is that's not the case, that it's it's a flag representing slavery and mm. oppression of people. In my opinion, there is no defense around it. However, mm. I know a lot of people who I love dearly. None of them are flying the Confederate flag mm. currently, but they'll fight you on it a little bit. How could you argue for it? Let me be incredibly clear. I don't believe that the Confederate flag should be flown anywhere. The state rights argument is bullshit. It was only one state right that we went to war over, and that was the right to own slaves. But people have a choice they can make. So a lot of people that want to defend what the Civil War was about will say it's about state rights. So this was supposed hmm. to be a country made up of states who were mm -hmm. going to be sovereign in some capacity. So they wanted to keep slavery, unfortunately. They can't get around that. That was the state right. And then maybe people throwing a booze tax that existed. But states wanted the right to be sovereign. The federal government said, no, this is gonna end, mostly driven by the fact the Mexican-American War, where we now had this great huge chunk of land, which is now Texas, and now it was becoming really important to figure out whether slavery was gonna be allowed there. Because it was in the South, slavery was existing in the South, even though Northern states had laws against it. So this had to be decided because it was either gonna be now another state that had slavery, and so it really instigated this uh, civil war. There's a civil war. The flag of the rebels is the Confederate flag. Mm -hmm. And so there are people who take great pride in the fact that the South was defiant, that they were rebellious, that they believed they wouldn't ever succumb to the a tyrannical government. Mm. Yeah, they're leaving out that the tyranny was, Over you can't slavery. have slaves. Yeah. So again, that said, mm. there are a lot of people that think it represents the South, their way of life, growing food, hunting, rebellion if you try to put your thumb on me you're right so if i saw a pickup truck rolling by in a state and i sort of stopped the driver and was like hey just checking did you like the idea of slavery or not then most of them would say don't like slavery but and even deeper if you pulled over everyone with a confederate flag on their truck mm. a significant percentage of the people would hate black people there's no question because that's all i associate it with yes is that there'd be a percentage that doesn't that would tell you i don't at all yeah, but even if they don't believe that, it's signaling that they're part of that club. In addition to the Confederate flag, you see stickers everywhere that say the South will rise again. People act oh like there's going to be another round. Okay, look, but we're talking about so many different kinds. There's so many different facets of people. People who have the South will rise again are probably pretty racist. Well, let's just say this. A lot of Southerners just hate Northerners. They hate Yanks. They hate the North. They want to rise again against the North. God. And not be racist, but it is. But a huge percentage of them are racist. There's no way around. But that. yeah, I, but I to de quote mm. defend. I'm not defending. But the mm. people who I know who at first, when sadly this was not that long ago, that all this Confederate flag stuff came back up, they are yes conflating that flag with Southern pride, with Southern hospitality, with hunting. We're different than the rest of the country. Yeah. They do want it to be a club, not a racist club. But I choose to live here. We're nice here. We're from the boondocks. We believe in the Bible. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's so fascinating you have I a direct touch with that. That's yeah. so, I didn't realize that. That's like a whole thing. So that would be like some Facebook friends would pop up in that category. And they would really, really believe that that flag doesn't mean slavery. Sure, it came out of the Civil War, but it doesn't represent that anymore. It represents fishing and it represents... Southern accents and being nice to your neighbor. and But anyone now post all of this- Awareness. Awareness, yeah. 
anyone who's still doing it mm. to me is really making a stand. They're saying, I don't care. Yeah. And that's a big problem. I can give some leeway to people who just decided they didn't want to think about it, but we made them. Absolutely. Yeah, unavoidably so. Exactly. And I think a lot of people were you like, yeah, that, no that should probably go. No one's opposed <laughs> yeah. to there being another Southern flag. Yeah. That represents the South. Exactly. Like, the South's awesome. Yeah, like there could be a flag that represents that. The South yeah. is different from the rest of the country. It is. It does have if its the Pacific own Northwest feel. wanted their own regional flag of pine trees and mountains and rivers, fine. Yeah, I mean, I the wanna... California flag is essentially that. We're so big. It's representing liberalism and it's representing what we idealize here. And the South wants its version of that, I think. Yeah, they should have a fresh one. Yeah. I want to go South for this show, by the way. Like, I want to get in there. There's so much there. We should go do a little trip. There's so much to take in there that I really want to see. Not the Confederate stuff. It's beautiful over there. It's also drastically different on this whole spectrum of conservative liberal there are gaps in the south that are bigger than the gaps between georgia and california yeah right like if you're in appalachia it's so specific if you're in deep louisiana that's cajun culture that's like a whole other ball of wax french influenced and it's dense with culture and i think they would argue and they're probably right it's more distinct than when you're north you'll not be in New Orleans and go like, what are we in Mississippi? No, it, it's, you know. it's very specific. I mean, yeah. it just yeah. it is. You know, the only other flag that I think is as symbolic, we were so immersed and all in on the Cold War, more than any other country was other than maybe England. Can you see the hammer and sickle as clear in your head as you can the U.S. flag? Oh, hammer and sickles jumps out so much. And I just think that's purely from the pop culture I've consumed from like films and TV even. But it, globally, it has to be the second most recognized flag. I think it I don't probably know it. is. You know it. It looks like that. It's red with the yellow hammer and sickle. What does it mean? USSR. The hammer ah. and the sickle. So it's a people's movement of agrarian movement back to the hammer mm -hmm. and the fucking cropping. See, I honestly just think it's from films like watching Hunt for the Red October and stuff. Yeah. I think of the Japanese flag, but maybe that's yeah. from films as well. But that's just so striking. Exactly. It's, just so it's a great clear. flag. It's a really good flag. White with a big old red bullseye. I love yeah, it. Yeah, the German flag's pretty memorable, I think. Yeah. Yeah, flags. I hadn't thought about them much until this episode at all because they're just in the background driving around here. I just can't help but go, you really love your flag, you yeah. guys. That's a cool flag. It is a cool flag. Well, you learned some stuff today. I learned some stuff. You know not to... Burn any flags. I'm not going to burn any flags. You'll be protected too, but not from the people around you. Not from the people around <laughs> me. Do you like the flag more or less having learned about it? Because I know as an outsider, it's like, get over yourselves, guys. That would be my reaction. Like, just get over it. Stop sniffing your own flags. I didn't come in with a huge admiration for your flag. Yeah. I feel like I'm about the same. Okay, great. Honestly, I haven't really gone up, haven't gone down. It's not the greatest design, but it's fine. It represents... I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm take neutral. away some points. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm becoming less I American. Think you're this was a net zero. Negative four. Okay, we're going no. So that ending. Did you look up the Chicago flag? Like, we had it on our merch shirts, and it's one of my favorite shirts ever. I've almost got that. A variation of that tattooed. You should get it on your neck. I'm gonna get the American flag at the end of the season <gasps> tattooed on my arm. I would love that. I have it on the inside of my butt cheek. <laughs> I don't have it. I'm never going to have it. 